Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? March 27th edition of the Fight Follow May podcast. I apologize. Still fairly early. Need my coffee uh, to get things going here. I'm flying solo today. Uh, it is Joe Ferraro. Give me one second here. I got some back feed here from the, uh, there we go. Sorry about that. I had the live chat up there. If you guys want to answer or want me to answer any questions, by all means, uh, head over to the YouTube page there. I put it up there on social media at Showdown Joe. Uh, don't forget at Fightful MMA uh, for all your mixed martial arts news, FightfulMMA.com as well. A um, bunch of stuff to talk about what went down this weekend uh, in the world of mixed martial arts. It was a slow weekend, obviously, with uh, the big boys in the UFC and, of course, Bellator not having a show. Bellator will have a show uh, later on today, excuse me, later on this week uh, with King Mo taking on uh, Rampage Jackson at heavyweight. Uh, it's a rematch. Uh, kind of looking forward to that. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where people are like, oh, Bellator this, Bellator that. Hey, man, it's, it's going to be a fun fight with the only exception King Mo uh, recently saying, it was last week where he basically said, hey, Rampage, I'm going to hump your leg uh, for the full fight. So that wasn't verbatim but uh that's basically uh what he wants to do hopefully he doesn't hopefully we do see some crazy action we get to see maybe the old rampage uh throwing some shots i don't ever mind uh anytime king mo takes someone down on the ground he starts laying down some ground and pound uh never had uh, an issue with that whatsoever uh it is a slow time uh technically speaking when you look at the mainstream world of mixed martial arts uh Past weekend, no show. Uh, This weekend coming up, no UFC show. Uh, Their next show isn't until uh, UFC 210 going down in Buffalo. Uh, A lot of people are hitting me up uh, either personally or on social media asking me if I'm going to be at that event. Uh, I know credentials were handed out last week. Uh, I have yet to get a credential. Uh, Buffalo is fairly close uh, to my hometown. It's maybe about an hour and a half, two hours maximum of a drive. Uh, And I got no problem doing road trips. I started my career uh, in the late 90s, I guess we'll say early 2000s. Traveling to Montreal, for those that don't know, Toronto to Montreal, 
uh, long drive. It's a five-hour drive, and I would do that every other month or so uh, when I was building my career with uh, the UCC and TKO. Obviously, George St. Pierre coming from UCC and TKO, uh, David Loazzo, Rich Franklin competed there. Uh, many people, Sean Shirk, uh, a lot of guys competed there before they got to the big show. Uh, so no stranger to yours truly for traveling. Uh, if the UFC wants to credential me, We'll figure it out. I'll get there for Fightful MMA. Uh, I know there's some sort of uh, operational logistics that they need to deal with, uh, with yours truly. Whatever. Uh, I'm there. Uh, if they need me to be there, uh, I shouldn't say I'm there. I'll likely be there. Uh, for those people uh, that were mentioning a bunch of stuff. Don't forget, if you do want to leave some comments or some questions, uh, I might not be able to see it now on social media. That's why I tweeted uh, and I put it up on my Facebook. Try to hit me up on the live chat. Uh, if anything comes up on the live chat, I will try my best uh, to address it, answer it, uh, provided you crazy dudes and gals aren't going to say anything nuts. Um, uh, but that is what it is. Uh, I do want to say props to Invicta this weekend who had their show, Invicta FC 22, uh, headlined by Tanya, Tanya Evinger. Uh, she takes out Yana Kunitsiaka, you know, Round two, um, rear naked choke. Uh, a lot of talk about Tanya Evinger. Like, let's get her over to the UFC. Uh, I don't see why not. Uh, she's fantastic. And it's the one thing I love about Invicta. It gives the women, the ladies, the opportunity um, to compete, to compete in mixed martial arts because there was a time when there was just no women's MMA. And I remember uh, I was one of those guys back in the day. I remember having this conversation when I was um, – an executive with a company called Apex Championship Fighting uh, and the thought of bringing on the ladies and women. Uh, and I remember sitting in the room uh, with the board and, and and a lot of us were just sort of like, we had our, our, our eyes like, I don't know, man, I don't know. It's, you know, it's, it's called, call me an old school guy at the time. Uh, I, I don't want to see women punching each other in the face, but hey man, it is what it is. Uh, th- these ladies are tough as nails and they used to prove time and time again, you put those ladies in there, you're going to get fight of the night. Not so much anymore. I think the luster and the the intrigue of women competing now is just part of us. We all see it. Now we expect them to have a fantastic fight, not necessarily fight of the night or performance of the night, but now we expect the ladies as they, get, as they move up the ranks to put on some quality MMA fights, especially even if they're starting their mixed martial arts careers. They got to have some skills uh, and it's no different for the guys. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of amateur mixed martial arts. Uh, I hate seeing people make their debut zero oh and oh and they've never competed in amateur MMA. Um, I'd like to see them compete in amateur MMA, build your skills, prove that you can strike, prove that you can defend striking, uh, use that to get takedowns, prove you can defend take- takedowns, and prove you got a ground game and you can defend a ground game. That's what I like to see. I like to see people compete on the amateur level, build their skills, then go pro. Uh, a perfect example is Titan FC flyweight champion uh, Jose Shorty Torres, who competed in something like 25 amateur mixed martial arts bouts, only one loss. He's, his first amateur bout was a loss, and this kid's never lost since. He went 24-0 after that, uh, and then he goes and competes professionally. I think he's now 4-0, and he's got a belt around his waist, and he's now competes. He's 125 champion, and now he's competing for the 135-pound title uh, for Titan. I think it's May 18th um, in Pembroke's Florida, I think it's called. I've never been down there. I'm, I'm used to Miami. Uh, I think it's in between Miami and um, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, pardon my Florida geographical sense there uh i just know i have actually i have no idea where i'll be flying in i'll be doing the play-by-play for that show and i have no idea where i'll be flying in i just can't wait to get down there uh matt cause asked me what kind of shirt is that joe it's not an mma shirt uh i think i got this shirt uh at a guest store or buffalo store uh here in toronto uh it's not that i don't like wearing mma clothes i why not? I mean, last week, Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor for um, for Fightful, uh, I don't know if he was taking shots at me, but I was wearing a bad boy shirt. 
Uh, obviously, I've got a massive collection of mixed martial arts uh, shirts, paraphernalia, shorts, gear, and stuff like that. So usually whenever I do the podcast, I just try to think, have I ever worn this shirt on the podcast? Uh, obviously, it's getting to the point now where I'll be doubling up and tripling up. But uh, this is the one I picked out today. I just, you know, whatever. I worked out this morning, uh, got my weights in. Uh, I usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday do – I'm on a new – if, if you – Ever watch the um, Elias Theodoro uh, podcast from last week? I talked about I had enough. Same thing with Shorty Torres. I had enough about past four or five years I've been lifting light. I said, that's it. I'm lifting heavy moving forward. I don't care how old I am. I'll take my protein powder. Uh, that's all I take. I don't take anything else. Nothing else I can do. Um, Matt Goss wears that awesome Fightful shirt. I don't know. Talk to Jimmy Van or Sean Ross Sapp. Tell them to give me a shirt. I don't know where to get it. I think it's on the website at Pro Wrestling Tees or something like that. Uh, I should probably order one. Uh, they actually want me, Matt, they, they actually want me to come out uh, with a Showdown Joe shirt or something of that line. Uh, and I have no idea. I think the first thing was, I guess I say Holy Smokes a lot. I don't think I've ever said that, but they say uh, a Showdown Joe slash Holy Smokes shirt or because um, they kind of freak out. Not, they don't freak out. They're just kind of like, why don't why don't I swear? Why don't I cuss? I don't I don't I don't feel the need to curse or cuss if I don't have to on a podcast. I guess in person I'll do that, but uh, I'm always that guy that thinks hey, my son's going to be watching this one day. I don't want to you know have him see me cuss and swear because there's I know there's a lot of friends of my uh, my kids or kids of my friends that enjoy watching the podcast. So I try to keep it clean if I can, but uh, it is what it is. Um, yeah, exactly. Even Matt just said, "Holy smokes!" Never heard that one. Exactly. Um, are, are they stiffing me? You're saying? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, where's my shirt, guys? Uh, I wear a large or a medium, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll put on whatever it takes and see if I look good, uh, and I'll, I'll promote it on the air. Um, I want to go back to Invicta for a second because I do love the show. Uh, I was talking to uh, the promoter, the owner and founder, uh, Shannon Apple, a while ago. Uh, I love the show, man. I just, it's, I, I can't get enough um, of Invicta. I love women's MMA now. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's, it's great content. It's great. The great fights. Uh, some of them, obviously, there's there's work that needs to be done, but that's that's no different than than any MMA. I mean, you take a look at Bellator show uh, going down this weekend, and I mean, King Mo and, and obviously uh, Quentin Jackson are going to be headlining the show. There's a five fight five fight main card. Uh, the it was Coleman Coleman event Sergey Karnatanov. For those of you who remember Sergey uh, from the Pride Days, uh, taking on Chase Gormley, uh, but then it just goes with with a bunch of different people that people maybe uh, have never heard of, other than a guy named Jake Roberts. Uh, I've seen Jake Roberts compete, but not Jake the Snake Roberts, but it is Jake. Uh, in total, there's sixteen, one six, sixteen fights that'll be taking place uh, at Bellator 175. Holy smokes! There you go, guys. Uh, that's a lot of fights. Uh, that I, I hope they run through that show very, very quickly. Um, my worst fear, and, and Sean Ross Sapp talk about, and I talk about this all the time. Uh, sometimes I can't get to that UFC live when it's happening on a Saturday, uh, whether I'm out with the family, I got to get home, I got to start watching and try and catch up. Oh my goodness, there's nothing worse than you know your your UFC is five fights in. Uh, there's still the prelims. I'm trying to catch up, and every single one of those fights goes to a decision. And you think to yourself, oh, my God, there's no way I'm going to catch up. I hope these fights are super exciting. And my goodness, I cannot tell you how many times I've tried to catch up uh, on a UFC event to get to the live portion where I can start you know, using social media and interacting with the fans and just pulling my teeth, thinking to myself, oh, my goodness, these fights just have no excitement, which I can't believe. I, 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 you know, that We were talking last week about some of these new Bellator contracts uh, that are going down. I think Ryan Bader may have been the first one to sign this new type of contract where it's a flat fee. It's a flat fee, and then you get a bonus uh, if you finish your opponent. 
uh, not a bonus if you win. Uh, I had this conversation with Warren when I did Rise in, um, over the holidays, and he just said, he basically said the same thing. I just want to know what I'm getting paid for sure. That way I can pay my bills and, and the family can be a bit more comfortable. My, the rebuttal I had in my head was pretty simple. But wait a second, you know what your show money is. You know you're getting that guaranteed. Is it not possible just to look at your bankroll or look at your, your, your finances and your bill payment to say, that's what I'm guaranteed. That's what I'm getting. Now, if I win, bonus, hence the word bonus. Uh, but he wanted, or people were talking about, not just himself, but people were talking about a different structure where a little bit more of a flat fee, that way you're guaranteed. Now, you win, you get extra money. Or sorry, if you finish, you get extra money. I like that as well. There's an incentive there to finish. Uh, there's also a weird incentive that if you're going to get paid six figures, as an example, and you're comfortable with that six figures, you may fight to protect that six figures. Right? You know what I'm saying? Um, or if you're comfortable enough that you've made a lot of six figures and you realize you're only going to fight X amount, of, X amount of times in your career, that extra finishing bonus will be fantastic. Uh, I would like to see it in a manner where if you're going to pay fighters uh, for a finishing bonus, you structure it in a manner where it's bigger if you do it in the first round, it gets smaller in the second round, and then just a flat if you finish, you get this amount. Uh, and that way we're going to see some pretty explosive and exciting fights. Uh, maybe not five-rounders per se because it all depends. Uh, you you got to pace yourself. I mean, Joe Sonnen, laugh at what you will uh, whenever he does speak, but he makes a valid point. George St. Pierre told me the same thing numerous times. Um, a lot of fighters have told me when they compete in five-round fights, it's a different ballgame. And we can all talk about BJ Penn all we want, motivated BJ Penn, blah, 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 blah. BJ Penn was a different fighter in five rounds whenever he was competing in his prime and he was competing in, his, in a, in a three-round three fight for the most part. Uh, you got to pace yourself. There's no way I don't think the human body could be that explosive uh, for five minutes and then a one-minute rest, uh, do that four more times, uh, and, and your, your VO max or VO2 max is going to be through the roof. You, you, you can't recover quick enough, uh, so you do technically have to pace yourself. So uh, maybe in five-round fights, those contracts could be sort of, if you if you structure properly, uh, I don't see why not. Uh, Matt Cause also writes in, in your opinion, what women do you think have the best uh, kicks? Uh, best kicks? I don't know, like Holly Holm? I think Holly Holm has some fantastic kicks. I think when Cyborg decides to launch those shins, it's pretty ugly. Um, featherweight champion, current featherweight champion for the UFC, uh, Jermaine Durandamy, she's got some fantastic kicks when she sets off. Uh, I think she was fantastic. I like Gina Carano when she used to uh, launch her kicks. She was absolutely fantastic. Um, kicking is almost, I almost feel like it's a lost art sometimes in mixed martial arts. Um, a friend of mine who was the glory welterweight champion based out of Toronto, uh, just south of where I live, uh, Bazooka Joe Valtellini, um, we were talking a while ago. We were just shooting the breeze and he's like, hey, how's, how's training going? I said, look, man, I'm injured. I'm, I, I can only do so much. Uh, timing is a difficult. I'm traveling a lot. I still have the TV show at the time. Uh, but I said, dude, if you don't mind, would, would you mind giving me some sort of workout that when I am at home and I'm not doing the weights and it's cardio day can you give me a bazooka joe workout i'm telling you ladies and gentlemen the workout that he gave me everything ended with a low kick and if you watch joe's fights and I'm you gotta watch joe's fights uh unfortunately he suffered some concussions i don't think he'll be competing again i know he does color for for the glory fights now in ufc fight pass but if you ever watch joe's instructionals or watch joe's fights 
this guy launches more leg kicks than you could ever possibly imagine. Everything, every combination, some way, somehow, ended with some sort of low kick. Uh, and I did it for a while, uh, and then I ended up messing up my, um, what's called your IT band, on the left-hand side uh, of the other part of my uh, my left leg. Uh, I messed up my IT band, which then I couldn't squat, I couldn't do much. Um, but I loved those workouts. They were. I think he gave me 10 rounds of three minutes, one minute in between, combinations, always ending the low kick. Both sides. Uh, so, so Matt, I hear what you're saying about who's got the best kicks in MMA. Uh, I think I think Holly Holm right now has some fantastic kicks. Um, I think they made a good point at one point in one in her last fight versus Jermaine, uh, and we've seen it a lot where she p- kind of gives you a telltale sign that she's about to attack uh, when she gives that what's called I guess in karate they call it the ki uh, when she yells out or she breathes very very hard. So it's a telltale sign for the for the actual fighter to to be ready for for some sort of combination or to angle out. Uh, I think she's absolutely fantastic as a fighter. Uh, one of my favorite people I had the chance to, to talk to her briefly when I was over at Jackson MMA a while ago. Uh, she is she's just a, a fantastic human being. Uh, I just wish she was more aggressive. Uh, I think she picked up the pace just a little more against Jermaine. Uh, she'd have had that title uh, wrapped around her waist. Um, speaking of that title, uh, for those that haven't heard just yet, apparently, well, I guess it's not apparently, I guess it's a fact, uh, Cyborg Santos has relinquished her Invicta featherweight t- or yeah featherweight title, uh, which effectively makes Megan Anderson um, the official champ. Uh, and Cyborg has her eyes set on, on Jermaine Durand and me. Why not, right? So she wants to fight Jermaine. She wants a shot at that belt. Uh, so I know that Holly Holm was offered a fight, uh, but her peeps are basically saying, no, we want a rematch uh, with Jermaine. We're, we're, we're not doing anything. But uh, So that title picture now, as weird as it sounds, is not convoluted, but it's sort of, you know, there's going to be some pieces that are moving around. Will the UFC honor that? Because some people thought that Holly did win that fight. Or will they say, you know what, let's, let's just give it to Cyborg and then give Holly uh, the winner of that fight. Uh, so there's some mathematics that are going to be going on there. The problem is there's not much depth in that division. What do you do after that? You can't have these three ladies continually fight each other. you got to bring in some new blood. I've, I've, I'm a huge proponent of Sarah McMahon potentially competing uh, in that division. I think she's a fantastic fighter. I'd love to see her compete there, um, but it is what it is. Uh, Matt Cause, I feel like Bellator is like the WWE of mixed martial arts, as in they put on more of a show and try to put matches together based on what the fans would like to see rather than who may deserve a shot or whatnot. Okay, now, uh, do I agree with that partially? And I'll tell you why. Um, this pay-per-view that they're having, the, the, the Bellator NYC pay-per-view June 24th at Madison Square Garden, Chael Sonnen taking on Vanderlei Silva, Fader taking on Matt Mitrione, and then they got some title fights with Douglas Lima taking on Lorenz Larkin, Michael Chandler taking on Brett Primus. Now, the question before was, was we talked about it at, at length here. This is when BJ Penn took on Yair Rodriguez. And I specifically stated, I don't want to see BJ Penn take it on these young Lions. He's no longer uh, the upper echelon of the division, uh, but he still has some fight left in him. He still wants to compete. Why not make it more of a fair fight? And we now know he's, he's the, he was supposed to originally fight Dennis Seaver, uh, and now he is fighting Dennis Seaver, uh, I think, in Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just uh, check here. Yes, uh, UFC 112 in Oklahoma, June 25th, uh, along with Tim Boach taking on Johnny Hendricks. Um, we talked about the fact that we just want to see these guys compete in fair fights as they move on in their career. Um, the minute you realize that they can't compete against guys or girls, um, in the division, hungry lions that are faster, stronger at the time. Let's just, if they want to continue fighting, uh, I know Sean Pearson doesn't want them fighting anymore, or even Frank Trigg, but if they want to continue fighting, make it fair. 
just make it fair. You know, like BJ Penn, Dennis Seaver is a fair fight. I'd love to have seen BJ Penn and Cole Miller fight. That's a fair fight in my opinion. But BJ Penn against Yara Rodriguez, that's just, it was never a fair fight. And we saw it. So shortly thereafter, Vitor Belfort came out with this legal legend, right? Okay, fine. Legal, legal legends. I get it. He wants to have bigger gloves, uh, shorter rounds, a bit bigger of a time frame in between rounds. Cool. No problem. Uh, sounds like an idea we were already talking about, but that's, I like it. That's fine. Uh, sounds good to me. Now, what Bellator does. So I asked the question to Sean Pearson in one of the podcasts. I said, what do you think of this League of Legends that Vitor Belford uh, has brought up and some of the stuff that we discussed uh, you know, with BJ Penn having fair fights? And he cut me off. And he said, yeah, it's called Bellator. Right? It's called Bellator. So in terms of Bellator putting on these fights, whether it's Ken Shamrock, Hoist Gracie, or even uh, at the time, uh, Kimbo Slice and Data 5000, um, believe it or not, Matt, and I, I appreciate your comment, you have to think for a second. Fans want to see these fights. Chael Sonnen versus Vanderlei Silva. I want to see this fight. I know it means nothing for any rankings or whatsoever, any title picture, but I want to see that fight. There's some bad blood. I know bad blood sells. It's a fact. Bad blood will sell. You get people that either love a fighter, hate a fighter, or two fighters that dislike each other and will talk through it or, or, or talk trash to build it up. People are going to want to watch it. Right. And it goes back to that conversation when people were talking about, you know, what's happening to the UFC. It's no longer, uh, you know, the number seven fights, the number six or ranked fighters fighting ranked fighters. We miss that. We want that. We should see that. Why not? The thing is, though, yeah, that makes sense. I want to see that as well. But it's prize fighting. And, you know, Conor McGregor taking out Floyd Mayweather, potentially. That's a zero fight for any division in boxing. Okay, what's Conor McGregor to do? Win all those titles and defend those titles? Yeah, fine, maybe. But he's not, he's not a ranked boxer. He's never competed in boxing in the U.S. But he's getting to fight Floyd Mayweather. Why? Because people are going to want to see it. So there's a portion of prize fighting or mixed martial arts or in boxing that people simply want to see two individuals compete. And Bellator, in my opinion, they're, they're basically cornering that market. People are saying all oh, these fighters are washed up. They have nowhere else to compete. Well, they do. They can compete in Bellator. And if someone else in that sort of category that people are you know, aging fighters or fighters that are competed uh, and they want to scrap it out in Bellator, by all means, why not? I have no issue with it. Uh, it has nothing to do with the rankings, but it's still a great fight. I'm still a fight fan. I love seeing these fights. I don't see why not. Um, is it WWE? The answer is yeah. It's it's it, even the UFC per se. I mean, it's sports entertainment. Do you not want to be entertained, ladies and gentlemen, when we watch these fights? I mean, a, a, a few minutes ago, I was talking about how try, I try and catch up to some of these UFC fights when I'm not able to start off watching it live, but I got to get there in time to the live broadcast, and I'm not entertained sometimes. You know, I used to, I went through a massive, massive, almost decade or so period where all I would do was defend the fighters, defend them. At least they're trying. They're doing this, doing that. It's the truth. You know, I, I, I live through every single fighter that's able to step into a cage or a ring because I never had that opportunity to do so. I wished in the, in the late or mid-90s to late 90s, I was able to actually compete. The money sucked back then, but my body couldn't hold up to it. I would, I would train, and I'd break something, and I'd take six weeks off the mat, recover, come back on, and I'd break something else, or I'd injure something else, or I'd be fighting at 20%, or let's say 50%, 60%. I was never able to get into the sport on a professional competing level, uh, so I figured out I've got to do something else because I love the sport so much. Long story short, became Showdown Joe, blah, blah, blah. Um. 
So I used to I used to sit there and defend the fighters and say, you know what, you don't know what it's like if you're a fan and you're yelling and screaming, blah, blah, blah. But I kind of see it now from a fan perspective when I'm watching some of these fights and just shaking my head. I'll never forget a fight one time that took place uh, at the Air Canada Center. Uh, I, I won't name the fighters because I don't remember both of them. Um, I only remember one. But neither one of these two gentlemen did much in this fight. They didn't do much. And at the end of the fight, when it was all over, bravado kicked in with both these guys doing backflips and cartwheels and somersaults to say they won the fight, trying to get the fans or the judges swayed, maybe not the judges swayed, but the fans on their side. And I thought to myself, Dana White's going to blast you two so bad for not competing in the 15 minutes that you were allocated and then having all this energy after the fight to be doing backflips uh, and cartwheels. Like, oh, my goodness, Like, what's, what's, what's happening here? So it, it, it happens a lot in mixed martial arts where you sit there. Sometimes you know, matchups are made and, and two fighters will, will nullify each other. They neutralize their skill sets. I get that. That's fine. But you got to do something. You got to figure it out. Uh, and the bottom line is you want to make money in the sport? You want to get some stuff, you got to make some noise. Uh, Jim Ross, uh, legendary WWE, I think he's a Hall of Famer, but WWE play-by-play guy. Uh, by the way, hearts and prayers go out, uh, or thoughts and prayers go out uh, to Jim Ross and his family on the loss of his wife uh, last week. Very sad news. But Jim Ross, you know, I'll never forget, um, I was part of the Battlegrounds broadcast crew. Uh, they did a welterweight tournament. Jim Ross, play-by-play, Chael Sonnen, color. I, I was a sideline slash backstage reporter. And in the pre-fight meetings with the fighters, um, you know, it, it was my job to ensure Jim and Chael knew who these fighters were, what sort of their stories were, and in the meetings, Jim and Chael would sort of take over uh, and explain a lot of things to them. So you had Chael Sonnen basically in his prime, uh, or just slightly after he had left the UFC, or was told to leave the UFC sort of thing, um, explain to them who he is, why he does what he does. And Jim Ross giving crazy stories about Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, uh, and all these different Roddy Piper and stuff like that, and, and talking about the importance of making noise. And these fighters, these young fighters that were either in the tournament uh, and or just competing on their car, their eyes lighting up. And, and I was like, hopefully the light bulbs and the heads are going off or being turned on. Uh, and, and they're, and they're- Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Absorbing this information coming from a guy like Jim Ross, who got to see all these people that no one had ever heard of, from, from Ric Flair to Stone Cold Steve Austin to The Rock, and, and how he would explain to them, you got to make noise. You have to make noise. It's not just about the fighting. 
You got to make noise. And sometimes in competing, and and I'm telling you, I know fighters personally uh, over the years that have said it over and over and over and over again. I let my fighting or I let my talking uh, take place in the ring or in the cage. My fighting will do the talking. Fine. But when your career is all said and done, hope you got money saved up. Hope you invested whatever you made because I probably guarantee you didn't make a lot of money uh, making 10000 a show, 10000 a win. Do that two or three times a year. You, you know, you, you win both those fights. You're making sixty to 80000 uh, That's That's a salary. It's not bad, but you, you don't even hope you put some of that money away and you're investing in real estate or in, in good investments because you're in big trouble. Like you're making a lot of money if you're making 100 to show, 100 to win, or, or you're, you're in the six figures and if you're smart with it. But if you're just looking at that paycheck from a perspective, I got to train, fight, get paid, train, fight, get paid. It doesn't work that way, man. You need sponsors. And the only way sponsors are attracted, uh, they're attracted to individuals that are either good role models, good ambassadors, or people that are just making noise with a massive sh- you know, social media following or, or, or just in general. So some of these fighters per se, when, when they, they, they're just, you know, they're not competing. And I, like I said, I'm trying to catch up and watching these fights. And I'm like, this, this, something's got to click. They got to get it. Or else you're not going to make any money. Uh, the career's short, man. You're born. I mean, for people that are listening or will be listening later on, just to the audio portion, uh, I sometimes think of a meter stick. You know, I'm using my hands right now. You're born on the left side. You pass away on the right side, and there's a very small window. I'm using my hands a little closer now. There's a very small window for you to make a lot of money when you're competing in mixed martial arts. We'll say from your 20s all the way close to your 40s. Okay, if you live to your 80 or 100, you look back, that's a very small portion of your life that you could have maximized, put in the work and maximize the opportunity to make a lot of money that you can then flip it around and live off it for the rest of your life. You don't do it. Believe you me, you'll regret it. And to this day, there are fighters no longer competing in the UFC that I know on a personal level uh, that have full time jobs that are struggling to get their gym going, that are trying to do seminars, that are trying to do a lot of things that I try to explain to during the time of their careers, you got to do more. I know it sucks. I know it's time-consuming, but you're going to thank me. Your future self is going to thank you. You got to do more. So these guys that are, that are only focused on letting the UFC promote them and or letting their fighting do the talking whenever they compete, eventually there's going to come a time when they realize – coulda, shoulda, woulda, and there's nothing worse in life, believe you me, uh, that, that I know personally, there's a lot of guys um, that look back, and girls that look back, that are coulda, shoulda, wouldas, coulda did this, shoulda did that, woulda did this if I knew more, well, I tried, uh, a lot of us tried, a lot of them, you know, there was a lot of interviews that I used to do for um, Sportsnet and the UFC, literally, guys and girls listening in right now, or watching right now, pulling teeth, man, pulling teeth teeth trying to get them now not not everyone's going to have that personality that's going to shine on camera but my god i would do my best to do whatever i can through the tv show to promote them that was the premise of the tv show uh when i pitched it to sportsnet back in the day Uh, i I, actually i pitched it to all the stations but sportsnet was the one that understood it and and realized i said look man we already know these peeps are fighters we already know they're competitors we already know they're athletes but they all have stories they've all got some sort of story and in some of the interviews, when I, when I would meet someone for the first time, and they're like, hey, what are we doing here? This is not the UFC, but you're, you're UFC Central. What is this? And I would explain to them. I said, my goal here is to promote you, to showcase a side of you to the fans that no one's ever heard of, no one's ever seen. 
And maybe there's going to be some people out there that are going to resonate with your story, that are going to have a similar story, that are going to fall in love with you, you and your story, follow you on social media, and you'll build a following. Okay, And from there, it's up to you to take it to the next level. Oh, man, there were times I was interviewing, and I'm like, oh, one-word answers, one-sentence answers. And I was, okay, well... You know, this this is going to end real quick. Uh, and people have seen me before in the middle of interviews, even the stand-up interviews I used to do. Uh, if I'm not getting much out of someone, thank you very much for your time. Best of luck on your fight on Saturday night. I'm not going to sit here and waste your time or my time. Um, what do we have here? Uh, Matt Cause, once again, I want to see women kicks like Anderson Silva. It's a lost art. Yeah, you're, I agree. And also, what's up with the Diaz brothers? Any fights in the talks? Well, we talked about this all last week. Um, Nick and Nate have made some money, okay? They've made some money. I don't know what they've done with their money. Uh, We all know Nate Diaz has made a fair amount of money, especially with his two fights uh, with Conor McGregor, and especially in that last one. Estimates, um, I think it was Frank or, or, sorry, Elias Theodoro Theodoro or Frank Trigg last week that basically did the math. uh, Nate potentially made about $5 million, potentially, maybe more, maybe less, but potentially made $5 million in that, second Conor McGregor fight. So he's basically holding out potentially for a third trilogy fight with Conor McGregor. That's a big payday. Uh, that, that money is, is, is life-changing. Uh, and then Frank Trigg was the best, but he kept saying he, he was basically, you know, imitating this. And if I'm in, if I live in Stockton, if I got $5 million. I'm living in Stockton. I'm fine. I don't need money, but eventually if you spend that money. You're going to need that money. So you're negotiating changes when you've got, Five million in the bank, even if it's half. Let's say you gave half to the government, but if he pays taxes, uh, two and a half million. You got two and a half million dollars sitting in the bank. Maybe you got a house. You got smart. Uh, you got money. But if there's no money coming in, or there's no money being generated from that money with proper investments, you are chipping away at that money. And if you chip away at that money, your negotiations will change. You may not try and show it. But as you start chipping away at that money and that two and a half million becomes two million, becomes one million, becomes five hundred thousand, becomes three hundred thousand, becomes a hundred thousand, you got bills to pay. Okay? You got bills to pay, and you quickly go from holding out for a third Conor McGregor fight to all right, I'll fight anyone. Let's go any money. Okay? Uh, and that's how the game works. That's how life works for a lot of people. Um, so for Nate Diaz holding out for that Conor McGregor fight right now, why not? Problem is, Conor McGregor probably won't take that fight because he's focused on Floyd Mayweather. Um, bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. Quick little drink here. As Conor McGregor is waiting for this McGregor fight potentially, to, or this, as Conor McGregor is potentially waiting for this Floyd Mayweather fight, which, by the way, if you go to Fightful.com, I, I wrote a piece last week uh, explaining um, how you know this could be very bad news for the UFC. Uh, for a variety of reasons. Conor McGregor going to compete against Floyd Mayweather, short-term gain for the UFC, uh, long-term buy to another star. Because I don't know how Conor McGregor would go and make that kind of money with Floyd Mayweather. And what is it, 25 million, 50 million, 75 million, and then go back to the UFC uh, and take a pay, a pay cut. It's probably a 50% pay cut. Once you know your value, um, you know, and that's that's life changing money. Come on, if if Connor makes that money, we may never ever see him compete uh, in the UFC ever again, unless it's for 
ridiculous money. And the UFC would have to pay that ridiculous money and or restructure Connor's contract for pay-per-view where he doesn't get just two points, three points, or one point off a pay-per-view. He gets massive points on the pay-per-view. And then what do you do for the rest of the card? What do you you pay your co-main event guys? What do you pay Connor's opponent? Connor oppo- Connor's opponent. Uh, if Connor's getting fifty million, twenty million, his opponent's going to get one hundred forty thousand. Well, I don't think so. It's going to be interesting to see how that's going to work out for the UFC if this fight with Mayweather takes takes place, and if Connor ever does come back. Um, lots to discuss about that. Um, but in terms of Nate Diaz and Nate Diaz wanting that fight with with Connor McGregor, that trilogy fight, that's a money fight. Yes, it's guaranteed a money fight. Uh, but will it take place now? We don't know. It'll take place potentially if Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather doesn't happen. Uh, but then Conor McGregor is going to have to worry about, you know, Tony Ferguson, Habib Nurmagomedov, and Nate Diaz, for starters. Um, so Nate Diaz, uh, I know Tony Ferguson, if you go on social media, you'll see Tony Ferguson calling out Nate Diaz. Why not? I like that fight. That's a pretty good fight. It's not McGregor money for Diaz, but it's a damn good fight. And, but it's a dangerous fight. Um, some people say that's a bad fight for Nate Diaz because Tony Ferguson would whoop him. I don't know about whoop him. Uh, may beat him, but uh, Nate Diaz is a tough dude, uh, will always come to fight. So it, it all depends exactly on what the UFC sees in that, what Nate sees in that. And if these negotiations uh, and Nate Diaz's money tree starts to get plucked uh, and there isn't much there, that Tony Ferguson fight could be a real fight. Uh, we want to see Tony Ferguson take on Habib Nurmagomedov. That's the fight that we all want to see. Uh, unfortunately, um, with Ramadan coming up, and I think uh, Sean Ross Sapp said it was in June, part of my my uh, my, my religious holiday, my belief, I, I, don't, I don't know uh, when Ramadan is, but I think it's in June. And if he goes through Ramadan, he won't be able to put in a training camp in until afterwards. He won't be able to compete till September. So there's a very good chance we're not going to see Habib Nurmagomedov compete until September. And we're in March right now. So hopefully things change and then he, he will be able to compete. But, uh, you know, for, for Nick Diaz to, to want to wait for Conor McGregor, the Ferguson fight is right there if he wants to get paid. Um, but it's a risk. We all know it's a risk. He takes that fight with Tony Ferguson and he loses. There's a bit of a luster that, that gets taken off that Conor McGregor fight. Uh, I don't think much, though, because McGregor, Diaz, will always sell no matter what happens. Uh, even if Connor loses to Floyd Mayweather, there's a very good chance he is going to lose to Floyd Mayweather. He does have a chance to win too. Don't, don't kid yourselves. Let's be honest for a second. But doesn't matter what happens with, with McGregor, that Diaz fight I think will always be there. Uh, all joking aside, it could happen to Bellator one day. I kid. Um, for Nick Diaz, that's a different animal altogether. Uh I don't know what's going on in Nick Diaz's head other than what history has shown us. He wants a title fight. And people can laugh all they want about Nick Diaz competing in a title fight. The reality is this. If Nick Diaz is in a title fight, whether whether it's versus Tyron Woodley or not, you're going to tune in. I'm going to tune in. Because anything Nick Diaz does, anything Nick Diaz says, we're going to follow. Because that guy there is awesome. He's absolutely fantastic. Uh, <laughs> they, they, those guys operate on a different frequency. Um, and Nick Diaz, I think, is better on the mic than Nate Diaz, in my opinion. Uh, and when Nick Diaz speaks, whether it's on a UFC conference call, whether it's on, uh, at a press conference, whether it's in front of a camera, 
this dude doesn't care. And, and believe me, he's just going to do whatever he can. Not whatever he can to sell the fight because he just speaks and he sells. Okay, I don't even think he means to do what he does. Uh, but he's just so amazing at what he does that if the UFC tomorrow said Tyron Woodley versus Nick Diaz, we're going to you know, can we pre-buy this pay-per-view? Where's the fight taking place? Can we fly out and buy tickets? Like, what do we got to do here? People will watch. Tyron Woodley wants that fight. We all know that. And we all know Stephen Thompson is not getting a title shot anytime soon based on the rematch they just had. Um, so Tyron Woodley needs a challenger. Plenty of challengers out there in the division. Uh, Damian Maya is right there. Uh, but Damian Maya's got a fight now. I think it's against uh, Masvidal, if I'm not mistaken. The winner of that fight potentially gets a title shot. And GSP, don't be surprised if GSP, well, GSP is going to be fighting Bisping. So, be, so if he wins that, uh, I think he's going to relinquish the title uh, and then maybe go after the 155-pound strap versus Conor McGregor. Yeah, that's I said it. Uh, maybe we'll touch on that at a later date. We'll let those, uh, those, those uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Those stars, let those stars align at a later date. Let let George St. Pierre deal with Michael Bisping first, uh, who's going to do whatever he can to destroy GSP because he's actually he's actually very insulted that George thinks he could beat him. Uh, so that that'll be um, that'll be a good fight. Can't wait for that one to go down. We got time for that one. Uh, they haven't announced it just yet. I think it'll be in July. Uh, Frank Trigg said it first before it was before even that press conference. He thinks July uh, would be the location. Dana White kind of hinted International Fight Week. Uh, that'll be a great fight to cap off all the festivities going down uh, for International Fight Week. But there's another option right there for Conor McGregor. George St. Pierre, Conor McGregor would be absolutely huge, uh, especially if uh, and that fight could take place at a quote unquote catchweight uh, for Conor because uh, obviously once GSP competes at 185, he's officially a middleweight. Uh, but he was the greatest welterweight champion of all time at 170. Uh, Connor's competed at 170, quote unquote, catchweight. But you know, Connor would say, nope, you got to come down to 155. And don't be surprised if George tries to get 155. Although in the past, uh, he's told yours truly, he's told a lot of media in the past that once he goes up, he's never going back down. Uh, not good for the body. He, and he cites uh, Roy Jones Jr. Uh, as the person uh, that, 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 whose career changed when he decided to go up and down uh, with all the weight. Uh, Matt Cause, again, uh, he agrees bad news for the UFC with the McGregor-Mayweather fight. Uh, like I said, FightfulMMA.com. Uh, scroll down, you'll see my article uh, explaining a bit more as to why I think it's going to be potentially bad news for the UFC. Uh, also, you know Nate is not afraid of Tony. What a nice fight that probably would be. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. Although Tony's awesome. Tony did say, you scared, homie? Right, so I think it's uh, it's it's a little reverse or, or, or um, reverse psychology there. Um, but if Tony really wants that fight, really wants that fight, doesn't take much to entice the Diaz brothers into a fight, and you can you can entice Nate into a fight pretty quickly. You just got to be smart about it. Um, just got to play it smart, play it smooth. You just got to get under the skin of Nate Diaz, but you better be ready. Uh, I'm not talking just about throwing water bottles. You better be ready if you're in the same room or same vicinity uh, of the Diaz brothers and their crew because those dudes are re- – I have seen it firsthand. What you ladies and gentlemen have seen on some some on, on videos online, I've seen it firsthand with my own eyes uh, in Vegas. These dudes are ready to throw down whenever, wherever. Uh, I've got, I got plenty of stories. Probably not good if kids are listening in right now, but – at any one point in time, there's some volatility surrounding those guys. They know how to have a great time, a fantastic time. They also know at the flip of a switch, 
things can go down. And I will also say this. Nick Diaz isn't as bad and as ruthless and as mean as people think he is because I've been with Nick Diaz numerous times uh, in Dallas, Oklahoma. Uh, I'm trying to think which – I think it was in Dallas, the bar in Dallas. Uh, it was a, it was a, at the Battlegrounds. He was a guest for the Battlegrounds show, uh, and we all went out, and it was a fantastic bar uh, location. And next thing you know, there's liquids flying our way or a bottle or something like that. And Nick just kind of turned around, and we all sort of stepped in front of Nick to say, listen, it's not worth it, man. It's not worth it. And he was just like, no, man, I just want to see what's what's up. I, I'm, I'm not I'm not here to fight. I'm here to chill. And I can tell you that was a side of Nick Diaz and put a smile on my face because everyone was like, man, really? I thought this guy was going to throw down. I'm like, well, if that dude keeps throwing bottles or stuff like that, thinking he's a tough guy, I'm going to step out of the way. <laughs> Nick's going to tune this guy. So I can tell you, rest assured, they're not always ready to go down. But if Nick had his real crew there, who knows what would have happened. Um, I've also had uh, invitations from the Diaz brothers, most specifically Nick, uh, to just come out and hang out with them at, at restaurants and just have a meal and chill out, blah, blah, blah. They are fantastic guys, and people always laugh. I thought you were buddies with George St. Pierre. No, George is a friend, but when George isn't around, what am I supposed to do, not hang out with people? Uh, so Nick was very kind to the Sportsnet crew back in the day in Vegas, uh, and I can tell you, fantastic guy i've seen them at the outlet malls just shopping doing their thing not causing any trouble but i do believe under the wrong circumstances those dudes uh will throw down uh a couple more comments here before i wrap up the show here uh matt cause hell yeah i'll tune in nick is entertainment way better on the mic uh nate's a little slow ah, nate's remember they just operate on a different frequency uh nate's chill um and, and that's just how they are uh Ferdinando, John Jones, co-main with GSP Bisping, if his suspension is up by then. Uh, hell yeah. Yeah, why not? Uh, there's a guy named Jimmy Manoa who says he doesn't want to fight him, doesn't like him, blah, 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 after his fight, a.k.a., as I mentioned last week, it's called reverse psychology. You give me Jimmy Manoa versus John Jones on the co-main event for GSP Bisping, I will be one happy camper. Uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, I know Dana White has said it before. They'll never make John Jones co, or they'll never make. What is, how would I don't forget how he said it. He'll never have John Jones headline headline a UFC pay per view ever again. Do you blame him? No, because you know he, he, Dana White blames uh, John Jones for destroying UFC 151, for changing UFC 200. Uh, and just so many different things. So a lot of trust. Once you, once you destroy trust with people in general in life, it's very, very hard uh, to build it back up. And I think I don't think the UFC, Dana White, whomever trusts uh, John Jones anymore. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, Matt Cause, I feel like GSP McGregor would be a little weak just because you know GSP won't stand and bang. Just the styles would clash more uh, than mesh nicely, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Totally understand it. Totally get it. But the but the the allure of GSP taking on McGregor uh, would be absolutely insane. Uh, and remember, that's a type of fight that people would watch. That there may be pockets of action. Okay. Now people could say George St. Pierre isn't an exciting fighter, but if you literally go back and watch George St. Pierre's fights, maybe he wasn't finishing guys, but he was trying. Uh, was he trying one hundred percent? I think he was trying maybe 80 or 90% waiting for the 100% opportunity to present itself. Because GSP was, was always 
always moving, always doing something, whether it was a jab, Superman punch, jab to low kick, a jab to high kick, high kick only, uh, threatening the takedown, uh, threatening some sort of action, getting the fight down on the ground, working as ground and pound, looking for the opportunity to finish. Uh, it, it was always there. People just didn't like the fact that he wasn't able to finish, so if the fight would go 25 minutes, GSP sucks, blah, 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 blah. Listen, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I totally get that. But I'm of the belief in watching George St. Pierre fights, removing the the the, the bias I may have for him uh, as a friend or an acquaintance. I thought his fights were exciting because I could see that he tried. He tried to finish. With McGregor, uh, I don't know if you can have a McGregor, a boring McGregor fight. He's just dangerous. He's very dangerous. And if you think he's not going to throw bombs at GSP's head or knees when George tries those takedowns or defend the takedowns and make him pay, um, you know, you're sadly mistaken. I think, I think Connor will do whatever he needs to do uh, to hurt GSP. Uh, Vinny, once again, can GSP even cut to 155? Great question. Uh, I say no, but according to the TriStar peeps that I spoke to, yeah, uh, they'd like to do a test cut. Uh, I don't want to see George cut to 155. Guy's in his 30s, mid-30s, I think now. Who the heck wants to cut to 155 for the first time in their life at, 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 in your 30s? Uh, but as I've said before, uh, and I don't know, George hasn't uh, said this. No one else has said this uh, other than us talking about it here in the Fightful MMA podcast. GSP, I think, wants to become the first ever fighter uh, to be a champion in three divi- divisions. Welterweight champion, done. Aiming to become the middleweight champion, upcoming does that relinquishes the title he can go down to 155 and win that title he would be the first ever fighter to hold not at the same time but be a champion in three separate divisions uh we already know people have done it twice conor mcgregor bj penn randy couture uh holly holm had that opportunity uh but yeah that's that's pretty much uh i think what potentially is going on in george's head so um let me see here matt Koznick is a stoner got to be pretty chill other than when it's fight time <laughs> He's chill. Uh, Vinny, I mean, at this point, he probably could uh, years ago, but he isn't young anymore. Exactly. That was my point. Uh, Matt Cobbs won't have to cut to 155. Uh, don't got to be a title fight, just a money fight. Catch weight. Yes, 170. But if George wants that goal uh, of becoming the first ever person to have to, to, to win three titles in the UFC in separate divisions, that's pretty much the basics there. Uh, Matt Cause, thanks, Joe. Great show. And much thanks for answering my questions. Have a great day. Yes, you too, my friends. Uh, thank you to everyone who did tune in. I sincerely appreciate it. Uh, I don't mind doing these shows solo. Uh, I like having a guest only because I can sip this a lot more. I can sip my coffee a lot more. Uh, but I do thank everyone for tuning in. Don't forget, follow yours truly at Showdown Joe on social media, at Fightful MMA uh, on social media as well for your mixed martial arts news. And of course, FightfulMMA.com for all of your mixed martial arts news. So those who tuned in live, we, th- we I thank you very, very much. For those tuning in on um, iTunes and on Stitch later on, I thank you as well. For now, I say ciao for now. Tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, Elias Theodore. We have no idea where he's going to be uh, or what he's even going to wear because apparently he thinks clothes are optional. Uh, Matt Cause, no, it's not Tim Hortons. Uh, no, it's not Starbucks. Despite here, I'll turn the cup around. It is a Starbucks to-go cup. It is my go-to cup all the time. Uh, I make my own coffee at home uh, because I drink, uh, I shouldn't say a fair amount, but I drink uh, 
yeah, I drink a fair amount of coffee, uh, but I make it myself. And this this is my go my to go cup because you never know when I'm done here. If I got I actually have to leave right now. Uh, I got to head out to the to east of the city uh, and take care of some business uh, for the next five weeks. I'll be traveling to a lot uh, of sports associations and, and and talking some business. So for the next five weeks, every day Monday to Friday, I'll be doing tons. Uh, tons and tons of traveling or, or driving. So, uh, but as I mentioned, tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, Elias Theodore, UFC middleweight, clothes are probably optional for him. Uh, he likes to speak his opinion. Last week, he was drinking beers in Montreal when he did the show. Uh, it was a mess. It was fantastic. Who knows what he'll be doing uh, tomorrow. Uh, again, thank you to everyone who tuned in live, and we thank everyone. For now, we bid you a fond adieu. Ciao for now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.